The Adventures of Wolf Mart. A brother and sister lived together. The brother loved his sister so well that he did not want her to work. He did all the work himself. Each morning when he was starting off to hunt, he said to her, You mustn't go out, and he fastened the door. When he came home in the evening, he cooked, and after they had eaten, he said to his sister, Lie down and sleep, I am going to a council. The sister never knew when her brother came home, but when she wakened in the morning, he was cooking. The girl didn't like to be fastened in, she said nothing, but all the time she was thinking how she could get out of the house. At last a night came when her brother started off forgetting to fasten the door, then she determined to follow him to the council. She found his tracks and after following them a long distance came to a house, she pushed the skin door aside and went in. An old man sat by a fire making a wooden ladle. He looked up and said, Thank you, my niece, I have waited a long time for you to come. I have come to get you to do something for me, said the girl. I expected that you would ask me to do something for you. There they are, take your choice, and he pointed to a pile of ladles. It isn't a ladle that I want. What is it then? Anyone who wishes for something asks for it. I want you to destroy my brother. He keeps me fastened into the house. I can't do that. Your brother has great power. Perhaps my brother who lives near here can. He has greater power than I have. The girl went on. She soon came to an opening, and in the opening was a house. She went to the house and looking through a crack saw an old man making bark bowls. Come in, called the old man. I have been expecting you. I have come to get you to do something for me, said the girl. There they are, take your choice, said the old man pointing to a pile of bowls. I don't want a bowl. What do you want? I want you to destroy my brother. I can't destroy him, but I can make him go a long way off. Do that, said the girl. This is what you must do, said the old man. When you get home begin to help about the cooking. Tomorrow morning, just as the sun comes up, look toward the south till you see me. I shall come in the form of a white turkey. When you see me, call to your brother, Oh, catch that turkey. I want it for a pet. He will say, I have never heard of anyone's having a turkey for a pet. Then say, kill it for me. Stand just back of the door, and as he draws to shoot, push the door, hit the arrow, and make it glance off. Then your brother's courage will appear. He will say, I have never been outrun, and he will chase me. The next morning the girl insisted on helping her brother cook. Just at sunrise she saw a turkey coming from the south. When it was near the cabin she called out, Oh, brother, catch that white turkey. I want it for a pet. Who ever heard of having a turkey for a pet? asked he. Well, kill it for me. The man fixed an arrow in his bow and as he let it fly, the girl shut the door so quickly that it hit the arrow and sent it away from the turkey, then off ran the man to catch the bird. The two ran till midday, the turkey always a little ahead. Then the turkey called out, Let us rest. 
Mark where you stop and I will mark where I stop. After resting a while they started again and ran till dark, then the turkey called out, Let us rest till morning. The man lay down at the foot of a tree, the turkey roosted in a hemlock not far away. Early the next morning they started, rested at midday, and when the sun went down they stopped for the night. For ten days they ran, then the man began to gain on the turkey. The eleventh day they were running along the edge of a precipice when the turkey turned, ran around the man and pushed him over the cliff saying, This is the kind of man I am, I cannot be overcome. At the bottom of the cliff was a swift river. The man struck the water and floated down till he came to a fish dam made by the women of the river. He lodged in the dam. Soon two girls came to the river to see if they had caught many fish. One said to the other, Look, there is a dead man in the dam. Run and tell mother to come. The old woman came and the three pulled the man out of the water. On each side of this man's body was the mark of a wolf. It is the wolf-marked man, said the mother. He has never been overpowered before. They carried the man to the house and began to work over him. In a short time he opened his eyes, but he could not speak. By motions he made the girls understand that he wanted to smoke. One of the girls looked around for a pipe, then he motioned for his pouch. She found a pipe in the pouch and was about to light it when he motioned her to give it to him. He put the pipe between his lips and drawing twice or three times lighted it. The smoke gave him strength and soon he said, Hang skin blankets around me. The old woman said, From now on you will be my son, and these girls will be your sisters. The women took great care of Wolf Mark, and he was soon as well as ever. One day steps were heard outside, the door was kicked open and a man came in. I've come to give you some pudding, said he, as he threw down a lot of nasty bark. He went off and the women swept out the bark. Have you a bow and arrows? asked Wolf Mark. The old woman gave him a bow and arrows. He dusted the bow and straightened the arrows, then stringing an arrow and saying to it, Go and kill a bear, he shot it through the smoke hole. Soon a noise was heard outside. The women went to the door and found a bear lying dead on the ground. They skinned it and cutting up the meat put it where it would dry. The next morning a man kicked the door open and was about to throw down a bundle of nasty bark when he saw the meat, and, knowing there must be a man around, he turned and ran off. Soon afterward Wolfmark said, A man is coming to visit me. When he gets here let him come inside the skin blankets. He had always stayed behind the blankets the women hung up when he first came. The next morning when the dew was getting off the grass, the women saw a man coming. He was unkempt and shabby. When he reached the house, the mother told him to go behind the skins. The women heard the two men talking. Toward night shabby man came out and went away. In a few days the same man came again. This time he brought news, the chief's daughters were to marry but their husbands must be men who possessed powerful spirits. Spirits that could take any form they liked, walk around a fire and scatter wampum beads. Will you try? asked Shabby Man. No, 
said Wolf Mutt. That night Shabby Man went to the chief's house. All the powerful men were there. When they saw Shabby Man they pushed him out, but he looked through a crack and saw what was going on. The power of the first man who tried was in a fisher pouch. He called the pouch to life and sent it around the fire. It went halfway, then dropped down, a pouch again. The second man's power was in a mink pouch. The pouch became a live mink, took wampum beads from a nearby pile and scattered them till a little more than halfway around the fire, then the mink dropped down, a pouch again. Each man tried his power, but the power died before it got around the fire. After a while, the chief said to the people, Go home now, but come again tomorrow night. The next day Shabby Man urged Wolfmarked to go to the chief's house and try his power. At last Wolfmarked said, I will go tomorrow night. Shabby Man went to the chief's house. Again he was thrown out and again he looked in through a crack. The men cheered one another, Shabby Man cheered too. Soon he saw that as each man tried, all of the others blew against his power to prevent its getting around the fire, Shabby Man blew too. After a while the chief said, Go home now, we will try again tomorrow. That night when Wolf Marked was walking around outside thinking what he could use to show his power, he heard a noise and then a voice said to him in a whisper, I have come to help you. Here is a pouch. You will find another pouch inside of this one. Your friend will use the mud turtle pouch. The fawn pouch is yours, but you must not go to the chief's house. Let the old woman and shabby man go. Inside the pouches are little pieces of medicine for the woman and shabby man to put in their mouths when they blow. When they are in the chief's house, they must sit side by side. The woman will take the mud turtle pouch, shake it till it grows large and comes to life, then shabby man will set it down and tell it to go around the fire and not to let anything stop it. When the turtle gets around, the woman must put the fawn pouch down, bring it to life and tell it to go around the fire. When the turtle and fawn have one shabby man must take one of the chief's daughters and go to his own home, the other daughter must come to you. Wolfmarked took the pouches and thanked his friend. The next morning, just at daylight, Shabby Man came and asked, Are you ready? I am ready, answered Wolfmarked. Well, let us try our power and see if we are going to succeed. We will succeed, said Wolfmarked. Let us try so as to get used to doing it, urged Shabby Man. There is no need of trying, said the other. Shabby Man urged a long time, then he went off, but he soon came back and began again, urged till he was tired, went off and again came back to tease Wolf Marked to try his power. All day he kept going and coming back to urge again. At dark he said, We must start now or we will not get seats. Wait a while, answered his friend. They will give us seats when we get there. After Dark Wolf, Mark said to the old woman, Mother, I want you to go with this man to the chief's house. Shabby Man was disappointed. Won't you go? asked he. No, my mother will go in my place. You had better go, we may fail. You will not fail, said Wolf Mark.
On the road shabby man said, Let us hurry. And he went ahead and waited. When the woman overtook him, he again urged her to walk fast. At last they were there. When the people saw shabby man and the woman they wanted to throw them out, but the chief said, Let them stay. When shabby man's turn came he put the piece of medicine in his mouth. The woman put down the turtle pouch and urged the turtle on. The people began to call for a close of the meeting. Shabby man insisted on trying and said, O oh chief, give us a chance. The chief said to the people, Sit down and give them a chance. They did all they could to obstruct the turtle, but it came around to the starting point. Shabby man picked it up and gave it to the woman. She shook it and made it small. It was again a pouch. Shabby man got up and took his place by the chief's daughter. The people said, Now we will go home, but the woman insisted on having a chance. They got up to go, but she cried at the top of her voice, Come back and let me try. If I succeed I have someone to marry the chief's daughter. The chief said, Sit down and let the woman try. She got the fawn skin pouch out and shook it. It became a live fawn. She put it down and told it to run around the fire. It was around in a flash. The chief said, This is the end. What I required has been accomplished. Everyone went home, with shabby man went the chief's elder daughter. The next morning men came to Wolfmarkt and said, The chief has sent for you to come and claim his daughter. She must come to me, said the young man, and shabby man and his wife must come too. The three came, and Wolfmarkt was the husband of the chief's younger daughter. The men hunted and killed plenty of game. The women took care of the skins and cooked. Some time passed. The men of the village were jealous of Wolfmarkt and they plotted against him. They put up a long pole and said, Whoever can lodge a ball on the top of the pole will win. We have a man who can do it. We will challenge Wolfmarkt and he will lose. The wager will be seven heads. As the woman and her daughters sat in the house, they saw a man coming on a run. The door flew open and in he came. When he saw Wolfmarkt, he said, I have come to challenge you to lodge a ball on the top of a pole. The wager is seven heads on each side. Very well, said Wolfmarkt. That is the game amuse myself with. When the runner left, the old woman began to cry and lament. Don't cry, said Wolfmarkt. Nothing will happen to us. She only cried the harder and wailed that he would surely lose, and then the seven members of the family would be destroyed. But after a time he was able to quiet her. That night when Wolfmarkt was standing outside and thinking about the challenge, thinking that maybe he would lose, he heard a whisper and a voice said, When you were challenged you said, That is the game I amuse myself with. This will come true. Don't use their ball and don't begin the game. Here is the ball you are to use, and here is a piece of medicine for you to put in your mouth when you go to the place, with it in your mouth blow against their ball. The next morning, when it was time to go, shabby man said, I am sick, I can't go. 
Couldn't you bet three against three, the old woman and her two daughters on our side? No, said Wolfmarked. We have agreed seven against seven. We must all go. When they reached the place, they saw a long pole standing in the center of an opening. Seven men were standing near the pole. They were the wager on the chief's side. Now Wolfmarked and his wife, the mother and her two daughters and shabby man and his wife stood together as the wager on Wolfmarked's side. Stuck into the pole was a great flint knife with which to cut off their heads. The chief asked Wolfmarked to begin the game. When he refused a man on the chief's side picked up the ball, rubbed it a long time, then threw it into the air. It came down, hit the top of the pole and bounded back and went up again. Wolfmarked was blowing against it, and he had the medicine in his mouth. At last he said in his mind, let the ball fall. It came to the ground, then the chief gave it to Wolfmarked and said, now it is your turn. I have a ball of my own, said Wolfmarked, and he refused to take the chief's ball. He said to his own ball, be faithful. Don't fall, stick to the pole. He rubbed the ball in his hands, then threw it up, the whiz was heard, and right away the ball was out of sight. After a long time they heard it strike the sky, and it made a pleasant sound, a sound that was heard by all of the people in the world. It came down, hit the pole, and bounded back to the sky. Three times it went to the sky, the third time it hit, the sound was very faint. Many times it went up, but a little lower every time. Each man on the chief's side was wishing with all his power that the ball would fall to the ground. The seven of Wolfmark's party were wishing it to stay on the pole. There was great excitement. The ball struck the top of the pole and stayed there. You have won the game, said the chief. That is what I expected. I knew that we would win, said Shabby Man. And straightway he cut off the seven heads, the chief's wager. Wolfmarked and his friends went home and were happy, but the men of the village were still plotting. After a good deal of talk, one of the men said, This is what we will do. I am the swiftest runner in the world. I have never been beaten. Challenge Wolfmarked to run a race with me. We will run around the lake, and the wager will be seven heads. A man went to Wolfmarked and notified him of the race and its conditions. That is the game I like best, said he. I have never been beaten. I can outrun anyone. When the old woman heard of the challenge, she cried and lamented. Stop crying, said Wolfmarked. Nothing will happen to us. When everyone in the house was asleep, Wolfmarked went outside and stood thinking what he could do to win. All at once he heard a whisper and a voice said, Come here. He went toward the voice and listened. Soon the voice said, You are going to run a race. You said that you liked the game. You will not be disappointed this time. When the runner finds that you are winning, he will throw back a buffalo horn. It will stick in your foot, pull it out and throw it at him as hard as you can. You will win. The next morning Wolfmarked said to his family, Get ready. I am sick, said Shabby Man. I can't go. You must go, said Wolfmarked. 
The wager is seven heads. We must all be there. When they reached the place, they saw a crowd of people and seven men standing a little to one side. They were the chief's wager. The chief said, each runner must take hold of a long pole and run against that hickory tree over there, bend the tree down drawing the pole across it. When the pole comes off from the top and the tree springs back, drop the pole and run. The pole was of red willow. The runner started exactly at midday, the chief's runner holding one end of the pole, wolf marked the other. They had to pull hard to bend the tree over. Just as they got the pole near the top, the chief's runner let go of his end and wolf marked was thrown far back beyond the crowd of people. He sprang up and saying, I have never been beaten, he gave a whoop and ran. His opponent was out of sight. People shouted with joy. Shabby man rolled on the ground and cried, Oh, we are beaten. We are beaten. If he had only said that the wager would be one head and that his own. When Wolfmarked got out of sight, he called a mole and said, You see that man running. Get ahead of him. Wolfmarked went into the mole. The mole went under the ground and came out ahead of the runner, who wasn't going very fast for he thought Wolfmarked was far behind. After a while he saw a track and thought, Can he be ahead? Then he ran swiftly, but didn't see anyone. Looking again at the tracks he said in his mind, He is ahead, and taking a buffalo horn out of his pouch he told it to go to the young man and stick in his foot, and he threw it. The horn overtook Wolfmarked, and as one of his feet came up it went into it, and he fell to the ground. He tried to pull the horn out, but couldn't. As the chief's runner passed he called out, Get up! I never before saw a man sit down when he was running a race. Just then Wolfmark's whispering friend said to him, Pull the horn out, throw it, and say, Go fast and enter the runner's foot so deep that he can't get you out. Wolfmark threw the horn and ran on. He hadn't gone far when he saw his opponent sitting on the ground trying to get the horn out of his foot. Stop and help me, begged he. I didn't say that when you sent the horn into my foot, said Wolfmarked, and he ran on. All the people were watching to see which runner was ahead. The chief's party said, we might as well begin to cut off those heads. We will cut off six, then take Wolfmarked when he comes. A man seized a flint knife and ran to Shabby Man, but the chief called to him, wait till the runners get here. At last they saw one runner, then the crowd shouted, Our man is coming! Our man is coming! When the runner came a little nearer, people began to feel uneasy. They were not quite sure that it was their man, then they saw that it was Wolfmarked. Shabby man looked up, he had been sitting with his head down, thinking that right away B was going to lose his life. Then he called out, Just as I told you. I knew Wolfmarked would win. When the runner came near, he called to his friend, Why don't you take the wager? Up jumped Shabby Man, and soon seven heads were lying on the ground. Twin boys were born to Wolfmarked, and they were marked exactly as he was. 
When the first one was born, the father picked him up and threw him over the skin enclosure where he himself had stayed when he first came to the old woman's cabin, and as he threw the child, he said, This, my first son, must grow to be a powerful man. When the second child was born, he threw it over the enclosure and said, This, my second son, must grow to be a powerful man. Nobody paid any attention to the children. After time talking was heard, then a voice said, Father, we want tea, a club, and a ball to play with. Wolf marked through in a ball and a club. Some days passed, then one of the boys called out, Father, we are tired of the club and ball, we want a bow and arrows. He gave them a bow and made them red willow arrows. For a time they were satisfied, then one called out, Father, we want to go for our aunt. Very well. When you start go in the direction the sun goes, and don't let anything stop you. The boys started. They went through a wide valley and climbed a hill at the end of the valley. They were walking along quietly when the younger brother called out, Stop, brother, and look at this. No, answered the elder brother, our father told us not to stop. The younger brother thought, Yes, our father told us not to let anything stop us, and he hurried on. They had traveled a number of days when the younger boy asked, Brother, what would frighten you most? Our father told us not to be frightened by anything, answered the elder boy. What would you be afraid of? Of big head, whirlwind. That minute the boys heard a great noise. From the southwest came a terrible roar. The elder brother kept on, the younger was frightened, but when Big Head was near he said to himself, I won't be afraid. That minute the roar and wind ceased. At last the brothers came to a trail and saw footprints all going in one direction. The trail ran north and south, the footprints pointed north, some were very large, others were small. The elder brother glanced at the tracks and went on. The younger stopped and looking at the tracks said, Let us follow them and find out what is going on. Our father told us not to stop, answered his brother. It won't take long, we can come right back, urged the younger. The elder brother yielded and they followed the footprints. They had not gone far when a man of enormous size came along, seized the boys and, tucking one under each arm, walked off. Soon he came to a village and going into a hut at the edge of it said to men sitting around, I have brought game. We will notify the people. The boys were taken to the long house in the center of the village. Two large kettles were brought and made ready. As people came in they went up and looked the game over. When the chief came, he looked also, but what he saw frightened him. Right away he said, free these boys, they are the sons of the wolf-marked man. If we harm them he will destroy us, he is the most powerful man in the world. The people of this village were all frost or ice people. They liberated the boys and the two traveled on till they came to a beautiful country. I think that our aunt is near here, said the younger boy. Oh, no, said the elder, she must be far away yet. The younger brother insisted that his aunt was near and he began to look around. The elder stopped and watched him.
The boy came to a hollow tree and in the opening saw the body of a woman. Come here, brother, called he, I have found our aunt. He struck the woman with his arrow, she didn't move, then he struck her twice with his bow and said, Your brother has sent for you. The woman moved and roused up a little. Her face was covered with scabs and sores, and she was frightful to look at. The younger boy rubbed her with saliva, the scabs fell off, and she was well. Then the boy saw that she was a fine-looking woman. Now we will go home, said the younger brother, and the three started. Wolf Marked had forgiven his sister for trying to destroy him. Bee was glad to see her. After this they all lived together happily.